This episode is brought to you by thegreekgiftshop.com. They offer a variety of fraternity and sorority items, including specialty coffee mugs and Greek watch faces for your smartwatch. Visit www.thegreekgiftshop.com and find something special for someone special. Honoring those trailblazers who preceded us is just as important as leaving a legacy for those who will follow us. Greekly Speaking is about highlighting Greeks today who are creating positive change for tomorrow. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, welcome to Greekly Speaking. I'm Eric Tucker, and joining me for this episode is Matt Lockett from Iota Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated. A Chicago native, he graduated from Northern Illinois University with a BS degree in kinesiology with a dance education emphasis. While at Northern Illinois, he was initiated in the Beta New Chapter of Iota Phi Theta, and he's even served as state director for the fraternity. One of his most recent projects centers around diversity and inclusion in various social and community aspects as he strives to educate those seeking fraternity or sorority membership. And he's also working on a book project yet to be titled that is very exciting. And I'm just pleased to welcome to Greekly Speaking, Matt Lockett. Hey, man, how are you doing today? Well, thank you so much, Eric, for inviting me to Greek League Speaking. I'm very honored to be here. Hey, I appreciate you taking some time. We connected uh, out on social media as, uh, you know, it's a virtual world still. So thrilled to have you here, man, just to hear a little bit about your story. Always happy to have another Theta man on the show, man. We've had some really good conversations with some of the fraternity members uh, in the past. So, man, first of all, though, uh, as we do on Greekly Speaking, let us know a little bit about your Greek background, man. Did you have any Greek family members or influences growing up? Well, yes and no. Just to go a little bit, I did come from your blue and white family a little bit. Um, the Ada Delta chapter of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, I was part of the auxiliary. I was a Zeta gent for a while. Okay. Um, and then down the line, um, as I was still searching for my rites of passage, as I will call it. I basically did not know about Iota Phi Theta, to be honest. I always knew at that time it was the Elite Eight. So uh, one day on campus of Northern, there was one Iota man that was walking down the yard. And, you know, us being from the South Side of Chicago, we're very vocal, you know, and what I asked him, like, what is that? Now, before he started getting mad and popping off at me, he had to take a breath, and I did not know that I offended him. But he did take the time to explain to me about IOTA Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated, which is based out of Morgan State University, but at the time it was Morgan State College during the 1960s movement, during the Civil Rights Movement in Baltimore, Maryland. Then he invited me to an informational and this might be a little bit funny to you, uh, Eric, because um, at the same time, the men of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated was having their information next door to the IOTAs in the student center at Northern. Why did I end up sit, actually sitting in their informational by mistake? <laughs> so like you being at church, I did this finger and I had to live up and I had to basically walk out. Um, I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't no scene, but ironically speaking, 
to really be honest, I was sitting in the front row, so that wasn't really that good. <laughs> but um, even though that informational was crowded with a whole bunch of African-American men, but when I walked next door where the IOTAs was at, the numbers was a lot smaller. To be honest with you, Eric, it wasn't even 10. So after the IOTAs basically gave their presentation, I was very impressed and very intrigued that at this time, I did not know that um, me, along with other brothers nationwide during the 1990s, we was making history for this fraternity. Uh, Then after about a week later, I got invited and accepted. After we finished our process of pledging at that time, eight weeks, and I became Big Brother Vision Quest. So my name is Vision Quest after the 1980s movie. So when I came through, I was 19. Here's the beauty about IOTA Phi Theta. Now me looking at it now 25 years later. I noticed in my fraternity, there's a whole spectrum of different talents, different professions. And mine was very unique at the time because I'm training to be a choreographer and dancer, you know, and... In our fraternal world, especially with the Divine Nine, which we are now, one year later, see, I was told you I was part of history because one semester later, we got inducted and it changed from the Elite Eight to the Divine Nine. So I was part of that history. At that time, I knew that I was different. I knew that I was not the typical athlete or the typical scholar. You know, I was an artist. And... Typically, artists, you very rarely, rarely, rarely become Greek, but now it has now expanded now. Now we see now we got comedians, we have um, actors, actresses, and the list basically goes on and on. And I had the honor and privilege to meet T.C. Carson a few years after I crossed. He played Kyle and Living Single. That's my frat as well. And during my Greekdom, I was at the ceremony of Congressman Bobby Rush of Illinois. He's my friend as well, too. So at that time, graduated, transitioned. Um, you're supposed to usually transition to the uh, Chicago grad chapter, which is the Ada Omega chapter, which I did not want to do that, obviously, because I knew something was basically different with me being Greek and different with me going through those typical, even though our motto is building a tradition, not resting upon one. I didn't want to do that tradition. So um, I was an actor for a while after college. As a matter of fact, six and a half years. When I lost my biological brother, it seemed like my immediate family separated and went to different states. My mother started transitioning to Wisconsin. And then my brother and sister was in Minnesota. I chose to go to California. So when I went to California, even though I still represent IOTA because we're nationwide, First thing you knew when you basically talk to your bros and you Greek yourself, you know, I had to make a phone call. Who is out here? I'm going to the Bay Area. I'm going to be moving to Oakland. Who do I need to link up with? And lo and behold, our 21st Grand Polaris, Rob Clark. Rob Clark is in Oakland. He was the founder of the Far West region. So I made that phone call. And I don't know what these bros of mine did. All I know was I was not even in Oakland, selling in Oakland, not even a week. Someone knocking on the door, boom, 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 like they the police. And you already know how we feel about people knocking like that. 
<laughs> so yeah. it was Lonnie Jackson, which was my regional Polaris. Uh, that was his last position that he held. And he said, uh, so you're mad. And I'm keeping mind, I'm wearing my Perry. So, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm frat. I had to do my test questions and stuff like that, like we normally do. <laughs> and he said, let's go. I'm like, first of all, I'm not online no more. You're not going to kidnap me. <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> so we went to the Oak Center in Oakland, and that's where the grad chapter, Zy Omega, usually have their um, chapter meetings, community service, and the li- list goes on and on. I finally was blessed to meet Rob Clark. Rob Clark sent Lonnie to come get me. He wanted to meet me, and all the bros was basically there, and they all welcomed me. So soon they were excited. Oh, they, oh, here come another Chicago, bro, because Rob Clark is from Chicago too. He plays at the Alpha Lambda chapter at the University of Illinois back in 1980. So soon as I based the bros from Northern and Southern California found out I've, I moved to California, boom, I got put on the regional board immediately. I started off as a regional parliamentarian. So that means I had to keep people, my bros in line, which is not very hard for me. Don't let the don't let the don't let the lightness fool you. <laughs> From then on, I promoted to the liaisons program where um, any of my corporate undergrad bros had decided to get corporate jobs with 3.0 GPAs or higher. I got them placed in corporate jobs, and that's what I did. The next position I held after that was the whole Far West region, which consists of California, Washington State. Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, elected me to be part of the board of directors nationally. That was a very deep honor. Now I made it to the grand level, but due to a technicality, I didn't meet one of the requirements. But just the whole fact of all the rebuilding chapters, rebuilding alumni chapters, reactivating chapters, we did a lot of work. And also the fact I'm also a stepmaster emeritus as well. So I, I'm a choreographer, of course, that linked that Obviously. together. Obviously. Yeah, I was a stepmaster, yes. And always lead the stroll line. Even these kids today, I can still outstroll them anytime, any day. <laughs> the last position that I held in um, California under the leadership of Sean Housen and Lonnie Jackson and Daryl Henderson was state director for Northern California region. Northern California region had basically grew almost close to 45 new brothers under my leadership. Um, And I just had this very simple threat. Don't do nothing crazy. Do not make me come to your school. (laughs) And my bros took that very seriously. So due to life hardships and life um, issues, I was out there for eight years and I've accomplished a lot. So now I had to migrate back to the Midwest the region that I basically initiated at. I'm now in Minnesota. So when I came to Minnesota, same rules apply. I linked up with the Gamma Theta Omega chapter under the leadership now of brother Zachary Smith and brother Isaiah Dennis. Um, I've been here in Minnesota now five years. I'm still recruiting. So when I got married to my partner back in 2018, we got married in Las Vegas. The barber that cut my hair he saw me come up in there wearing my IOTA shirt and stuff like that. And he was very intrigued about IOTA fight that because Las Vegas was a brand new, freshly new chapter. So just a simple conversation. One year later, after grooming him and preparing him, he is now my frat. 
Oh, wow. And, okay. And then also in the state of Illinois here, even though back in the Midwest, Kendrick Johnson, a very prominent school teacher, was now he's about to get ready to work on his doctoral degree. He was my recruit for the Beta Sigma Omega chapter of Iota Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated in Everson, Illinois. He is now about to become a pro fight because we got some new brothers coming along right now. So that was one of my recruits as well. I'm also grooming a couple of other candidates as well for the state of Texas, as well as a couple of uh, brothers for the East Coast as well. So they always call big brother. So I've earned that with my resume, as you can hear, I've earned that name of big brother Vision Quest for a reason. So that's my IOTA resume. Yes. Dude, uh, it, it is deep, man. I grew up on the south side of Chicago myself. You of course, southeast side. Southeast okay. side. And I'm, uh, I'm not ever ashamed of it. I'm a proud graduate of Bowen High School, class okay. of 1994. <laughs> All right. So it sounds like you've been putting in a lot of work, man. You've seen uh, a lot of growth, uh, a lot of history being made. Um, yes. You've got a, a, a very unique perspective when it comes to this whole brotherhood concept that a lot of people don't tend to have. Because you, you got to figure out where are you rooted? Where are you grounded before you can start putting in work other places? And I tell people that, especially if you're considering going Greek, man, you, you have to understand what your center of existence is before you can start trying to serve in these other areas and everything, man. So what impact would you say being Greek has had on your life? When I was at Bowen High School, I knew we was already exposed what Greek life was. Besides the gang banging and the gang rivalries from the Latin Kings to the gangster disciples, to the Black Stones, to the Vice Lords and all that stuff like that, I knew I stood out. Me coming from South Chicago, the one thing that made me survive in that rough environment was my street dance group at the time. Cause South Sea Posse was my dance group under the leadership of Erica Robinson. So all of us in the neighborhood, that's all that we had was each other. And uh, kickoff every Saturday night was at the rink on 87th Street. Well, everybody had the little skating rink on one side, but you had the dance floor on the other side. And that's when known groups, and that's why you smiling at me right now, like House Somatic and You Fight You and then South Sea Posse and Theta Phi House. You know, well, you know what we did, go on Commercial Avenue, go to the Asian lady, get your t-shirt printed up, we change up colors every week, or, or go down Commercial Avenue and get your airbrush outfits on, get ready to go, because Saturday night was the rink. That was the thing of enjoying myself being a teenager, you know, and the fact is you get on that CTA bus and you get off on 87 in Greenwood. <laughs> so... With that basically in mind, uh, we was exposed to fraternity life as well because some of the high school teachers that we basically had at Bowen were Greek, you know, and we started making up our own high school fraternities and sororities and stuff like that. Those was good times at Bowen. Everybody always has something negative about Bowen, but I had good times there. To really be honest with you, Bowen was not my first choice. <laughs> I wanted to go to Corliss <laughs> on the 103rd. You know? Oh my gosh, man! You, you and me both, man. I was, I went to Harlan, and I was like, oh man, I'll just go into Corliss, baby Julian. I know, you know I was excited so, about either Corliss yeah. or Julian, you know. And South Chicago didn't get me prepared for that. Obviously, they didn't accept us. Obviously, but, but I'll never regret being a Boilermaker. I would never regret that. You know. Now, 
transitioning into iota phi theta land keep in mind i told you when i came through i was 19 so that means when i started my process i was 18. my crossing date is november 26 95 my birthday is october the 8th so i became 18 going into 19 so going to picking iota and getting accepted for it, i was a kid okay i wasn't a, i wasn't a young young man i was a kid i left my mama's house at 17 going to northern you know through sponsorship. I didn't have the grace. I didn't have the ACT, but I had that dance talent. So I'd like to give homage to Randy Newsom and Dr. Charles Carter. Dr. Charles Carter and Randy Newsom, they still alive right now. They sponsored me into Northern. I thought I was not even going to Northern. I got that phone call one week before school started and I got accepted, you know? So didn't make it my first year, Eric. Then I was on academic probation the first semester, <laughs> you know, got kicked out the second semester, cried, cried, cried. I did not want to go back to my mama's house. I did not. So I talked to my dad at the time he was alive, Andrew Lockett. My father was a carpet installer. So that's all that he knew. But I had to fight to get them. I said, dad, I do not want to be here. I do not want to come back to Chicago. I would like to go back and get back into the school. So what at the time I got into the local community college which is called Kishwaukee College. Got into Kishwaukee College and my father helped me get my first apartment. At first I was in the dorms my first year, but now, now I'm in my own apartment. And that's when IOTA came into my life at that point. So here's the surprise. When I pledged my fraternity, I got my nose turned up because I told him that I was a dance major. I was in theater at first. Keep in mind, we're not gonna keep the pink elephant under the damn rug. Now, we're not gonna do that no more. Of course, right now I am same gender loving. I am married to my husband now going on three years. But when they had the assumption that I was and keep at that time, Eric, I was not, you know, I wasn't. So I was still dealing, I was still dealing with females and everything like that still having dates, relations, and the list goes on and on, but we're not going to go there. That's a whole part of a different podcast. Anyway, <laughs> but um, my dean, my dean of pledges, he made it harder for me times 10. And the only respect that I have basically for my dean, Norman Severe, Big Brother Droopy, just like the cartoon character, I know, is the fact that he gave me my name. So out of all that mess and all the hell I went through for those eight weeks, <laughs> he gave me the best thing that I respect him to this day was my name. No one nationwide has my name. I've done the research. No other IOTA's name is Vision Quest. I am the only Vision Quest and will be the last. But a couple of years later, I discovered myself, okay? and. At this time, I am the vice president of the chapter, then became the Polaris of the chapter, which is the president of the chapter. So at that time, I grew beta new. After my line, it was two of us, Dean Serrano and myself. And what I love about my ship, Dean was older than me. And if you look at the research about IOTA Phi Theta, our founders was older. They was not your typical college students. So I had that legacy going on with me because Dean came back to school. He was 27 and I was 19, but we was online together. Um, he's with his family and his wife and kids. They're down in Washington State right now. 
that was the first person I came out to because I took him privately to a dinner and told him, well, this is me. Then the brothers started having questions. And you already know how we or brothers get together, or frats get together, we act like kids. So at least they didn't front me off. They had that much respect for me. They talked to me privately in a car. And this is what I told them. <laughs> this is what I told them. Let's get something clear. I don't want none of y'all ugly MFs. <laughs> y'all not my type. <laughs> and what I do in my bedroom has nothing to do with Iota Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated. Some had mad respect for me from that point going further. Some had some issues based about it. Even my own biological brothers had issues about it when I officially came out. I went and told my mom and my sister first, you know? But guess what, though? I have my own place. I have my own car. I'm taking care of myself, and I'm paying my own bills. From this point going on, that therapy and that pain that I was going through from being in that dark place, because I had doubts. At one point, to be honest with you, my fellow Greek brother, I almost wanted to kill myself, you know? Because I had to accept this, and then at the same time, I'm finding out this new me. I was battling the fact that I'm still a man first before anything else. That's what they teach you when you're going through any fraternity. You're a man first before anything. So I had those type of battles. And then there was more discoveries that was coming along down the line. And then I started finding out it was not just my fraternity as well. I was also finding out there was other brothers from different frats like me too. You know? So me being in the arts, I wouldn't say that was the reason. Was I born this way? No. I'm going to give you the honest God truth on my shield right here on my chest. I tried it. I liked it. And here I am years later. <laughs> Are you still close to any of your line brothers right now? Your ship? Um, my ship. Um, we talk to each other on Facebook from time to time. Um, and when I was living in Sacramento, he had to bring his nephew back to L.A. So he drove down from Washington State and he stayed him and his fiance at the time, which now his wife, stayed at my house. And it was no problem. It was like when Dean Serrano and I got together, it's like we never left each other. That's how tight our bond was when we went through our play, when we pledged. Um, but now... Um, when I told him I was engaged to get, to get married in 2018, I felt, I felt a little bit more of a, a little bit of a distancing, you know, because I would have loved for him to basically be like my best man, my best man. I'm not, look, I'm getting married because Lord knows I'm, I'm being a trollop right now. Let me, I'm going here and get married for coming to my wedding, you know? I did invite him to my wedding. He didn't show up, but that, that really hurt because he, here's what happened. My husband and I basically had a whole big, we wanted a whole big wedding planned in Minnesota. Me being a choreographer and dancer, I said, I wanted to have my wedding in a theater. I wanted to, to perform my vows. I wanted to dance my vows, you know, by how much I love now my husband. I would have loved to have my ship there i wouldn't say he gave me his blessing he was happy for me but on the backhand of things that's not 
basically was his cup of tea. I had frat brothers that I put a post on Messenger and I sent out to all my frat brothers that I impacted their lives. The ones that I made, the sweetheart courts that I made, and the bros I made from the Midwest as well as the West Coast. I was nervous. When I told him I'm getting married, I'm getting married, his name is Romeo. And the responses that I got, that's what blew me out the water. They was happy. One, my frat brother Greg Young, which is I'm his profile, that's my Neo, because that's the line after me. He basically said, now you can be miserable just like the rest of us, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is, I don't care if you black, white, gay, straight, polka dot, you're going through the same thing that I basically went through 25 years ago. But right now, these new kids call it intake right now, but so be it, maybe for what it is. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, every patient has to try to uh, adapt, man. You know, when the times change, you got to figure out hey, look, what side of history are you going to be on? How are you going to accommodate? Are you going to align yourself to be in a position to handle all these situations or be accommodate everybody that you're claiming that you're trying to attract? Or are you going to get left behind? We already know it has to be hard for somebody in your position trying to understand, hey, you know, who, who am I? I don't think I, I, this may not be the person that I feel like I am. You got to go through that process. Then you got to go through the, just the standard maturation process, right? Mm-hmm. And you kind of try to get a, a degree in the whole process. I mean, mm-hmm. a little bit going on, just, just a little bit. <laughs> yes. You know? yeah. But on the other side of, of the aisle, you have people that have to come to grips with that. You know, how do you relate with people who, who come into you in confidence saying, hey, look, this is something I'm dealing with and I'm going through. I'm not in your situation. I don't know how to deal with that. But that's something that you got to get to a point where hey, you can even have conversations to try to understand what somebody else is dealing with. And I think it starts with respect. And and you hit the nail on the head when you Mm -hmm. said, I respect you. Because if we start with respect, we can come to any infinite number of agreements if we we stay in the the communication long enough. But if we don't respect- Sometimes they don't, but sometimes they don't reciprocate that. They don't. Well, and it, it's not a guarantee, but right. it's something that you have to start with. It, that has to be in, in the midst, right? Mm-hmm. Don't have to agree, don't have to like or dislike, but I got to respect you. And it's noticeable when that respect is not mutual. And, and it really impedes any progress that you can make in that regard, man. So hats off to you, man, just for identifying the challenges. Mm-hmm. Just having a wherewithal to say, hey, look, you know, this is my journey. I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep doing what I need to do. Exactly. Uh, you know, exactly. It's, it's, the cool thing is you can send invitations out to various aspects of your life related joy. Mm-hmm. But you got this concept of haters anyway, right? <laughs> you know, haters well, that's, don't that's, go that's away. A, that's, a, that's, that's a part of life. But here's my it's, message that I want to send to the Divine Nine today while we are on this podcast. Here's my message right now. Diversity and inclusion. It is here. It has always basically been here. If you don't get with the programs right now when it comes to the rights and not just the LGBTQ, but just rights for just people in general overall, it will save you a lot of heartache. It will save you a lot of lawsuits. 
okay, you think you can basically be selective right now because I have seen so many times in my Greek lifetime that people got the grades, got the accomplishments, got the community service, and you still turn them away. See, here's the thing, basically, what I've learned within my IOTA years. The same ones you kick down, the same ones you shun, the same ones that you basically make them feel like they're so small they could crawl under a dime, those basically end up being your workers. So there's a whole difference between basically being frat and being a, a, being a worker and being a t-shirt wearer. And y'all know that's always basically been my policy and my perspective and my philosophy. Because the thing about it right now, it's not all about the quantity no more. It's about the quality of bros that you basically get. So the thing about us right now, just because I'm different than you, what makes you basically think that you're better than me? I can't sit here and basically judge you. I'm talking about, trust me, if I'm talking to you, I want to meet your wife, I'm going to say, hello, how you doing? What's up, girl? Girl, your hair look good, and the list goes on and on. But the thing about it is, I get those challenges every day, not just basically in Greek life, but in corporate, because of the fact that I'm outspoken. Here's the thing, though. I'm outspoken, but I'm smart. I know what I'm talking about. But the fact is that obviously, and it's not basically me coming on here slapping a rainbow flag in your face. I'm not going to do that. Because the thing about it is, like I say, I care myself. My mama told me a long time, Matt, I understand that you basically gave, but my mom told me this, as long as you have your knowledge, your wisdom, and your dignity, that's all that basically matters. And I get the mad love and basically the mad respect for just basically being me. You don't have to worry about me pushing up on you. I'm talking about well, I'm married right now. I wouldn't even do that in the first place, even if I was single. But carry yourself with your knowledge, your wisdom, your dignity, and also the fact is, carry your oath. That's the problem with these young Greeks nowadays. They don't take that oath seriously. That oath is for the rest of your life. And also, let's get this mentality out of your head. The fact is, Fraternity life is not just college, especially with the African-American fraternity. It's for the rest of your life. You represent this organization basically for the rest of your life. That should have basically been embedded all the way from the interview process to you basically finishing because pledging ain't nothing. It's when we become a brother, that's when the work starts. That's and that's basically been, that's, that's where, that's, that's the whole foundation from Alpha Phi Alpha, Kappa Alpha Psi, Omega Psi Phi, Phi Beta Sigma, and Iota Phi Theta now. That's what it is. Nothing has not changed from that. We just have different perspectives. So today, I give homage to Rob Clark, my 21st Grand Polaris. I am loving you from the moon and back. You was my mentor when I went to California, and you have reactivated me when it came to IOTA Phi Theta. So I thank you and my sweetheart slash Delta Soror, Felita Clark, for making sure they embraced me. They did not care. They said, okay, you are, so what? You still got to get this done. <laughs> and the list basically goes on and on. I also want to give homage to Brother Sean Housing. He is now our Grand Vice Polaris right now. But the fact is, we have different perspectives and stuff like that, but he, he is basically, I give him his respect as well too. Different perspectives, like the Republicans and Democrats of IOTAs, whatever. <laughs> But, <laughs> but also, too, one more brother, that is Lonnie Jackson. When my wedding went to shambles, even though it came out beautiful and everything, that man made sure that 
he walked me down the aisle. Even took me from my bachelor party. <laughs> so okay. those three, those three right there, I will definitely say they know our main principle of what brotherhood is. But right now, we got young, fresh blood now. They got a lot of energy and they hungry. And the fact that I've been listening to all their perspectives. Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> so, and that brings me to, to my next question. If you were mm-hmm. to meet a young person who's considering going Greek, whether it's fraternity or sorority, what advice would you give to them? Oh, that's a good one. My advice for them is the fact is now, before you look at the pretty colors, before you look at the strolling, well, I these kids don't even stroll no more. I, I can stroll all night, but another, another topic. My message to everyone out here that's trying to pledge into the divine nine. Number one, research the organization thoroughly. If they invite you to an event, you better make sure. Because I, I, I look, I, it's, it's like a whole interview process as we're interviewing you as a candidate, since you're trying to go into one of our organizations, you're interviewing us. You're watching everything that we basically do everything that we basically say. And here's another thing for the ones that want to get into these fraternities and sororities. Okay, mama, Titi, woo-woo, pookie, all them. Okay, they, they, they're, they're, they're Greeks. You want to follow in their footsteps. That is fine. But you do what is in your heart, okay? If you feel you want to follow mama's footsteps and become an AKA, that's fine, you know? but research the organization to the fullest. My next point that I will share basically with you is that don't be thirsty, be professional, okay? Because people talk. I don't care if, if there's no such thing as a perfect fraternity or a perfect sorority, that's not the case. Make sure you uphold your brand as a person, as a black young man, brown young man, Black young woman, brown young woman. And if you're white too, we're not going to discriminate. If you're transgender, that's another topic later. (laughs) But here's the thing, though. Brand yourself. Research the organization. It ain't nothing wrong to basically reach out to one member of that organization. Okay? Or even reach out to nationals if you want to. But be prepared. When you pledge your fraternity sorority, it's like a business. It's like a job. It is a job. It's just a job you're just not getting paid for. You're putting their money in it, but you're not getting paid for it. So, and my last piece of advice is enjoy your life. Feel what's in your heart. If you feel that's the one for you, don't just have one person turn you off. Watch and listen. That's all you have to basically do. And if it's meant basically for you, it will basically come to you. But right now, don't basically join my frat because your boy is my frat. You know, you need to do the same thing too. Research it, all of that. So that would basically be my advice. Now, looking at it 25 years later, because that never left me in 1995. I did the same recruiting for all of my NEOs that was under me at Beta New Chapter and also in California as well. Those different chapters that I had to work on and help build. Yeah, those are the same. And please interview the right way. 
that's the problem. And then y'all let the ones fall through the cracks. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And that's sound advice, man. But one thing that kind of stays with me that you, at one point that you made as far as build your brand, you got mm -hmm. to understand many people will respond to that question with, hey, know who you are. It's one thing to know who you are, but mm -hmm. it's another thing to actually build that brand, right? What do you want people to see, observe, and, and, and say about you, your reputation, the things that you stand for? Because when you join one of these community service organizations, they're going to be looking at, hey, what are you doing in the community? What's your take on community service? And if you're not doing anything, you just like to take the flyers and go to the after party. That's not building a brand. That's just following people, <laughs> you know, and, and you have to understand it is a process where they're interviewing you and you're interviewing them. You want to know what they have to show and they want to know what you have to show. So start working on it soon. You're going to have to do it for your potential employers. And to your point, you know, these organizations are one of the, the largest companies you're going to work for. One of the most professional, one of the most corporate. And please, please, everyone, as we as I'm doing this podcast with Eric here. When you become a Alpha, Aka, Kappa, Q, Delta, Phi uh, Beta, Zeta, SG Rho, and Iota, please understand this. You are not just you anymore. Trust me, I've had stumbles where I have tarnished my brand and I had to rebuild it back up because once you tarnish it, it is so hard to get it back. So hard to get it back. I am not just Matthias Lockett of the Matthias Lockett Dance Company. I am not Matthias Lockett just working for You Care in Minnesota Health Insurance Company. I am still Matt the Iota. That's basically what it is. Because trust me, I've had my crazy ratchet moments. Lord knows I've had my crazy ration moment. I am a centaur. I'm an outlaw. That's what it is. However, the fact is there's a time and a place for everything. And it had to take time for me to learn how to balance it. I'm 25 years in. I'm still trying to learn how to balance it right now. <laughs> so you are not just I am Matt the Iota right now, especially on this podcast. Just like even though you're the host of this, you're still a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated 1914. <laughs> All right. So Appreciate that. You mentioned your dance company, and obviously that was your your background in college, man. So tell mm -hmm. us some of the things that you're planning to, to do with the company in the future. I have, and I'm going to share this with everybody now since this is going to go probably viral. I never lost my artistry, but at the time, a couple of my principal dancers died. And it took me a long time to heal. One died in a motorcycle accident. That was Kim Bloomfield. And then also Grace. She was an aerial dancer. She committed suicide. So I had to go deal with that. Uh -oh. um, what the Matters Like a Dance Company wants to get back in order right now. I have to really thank Romeo Lockett upstairs. He took my last name. And he told me that I am very talented to the fact that when you don't dance and when you don't perform and you don't be in your craft, it's hard. And I basically got into a little bit of a mild depression and stuff like that. But no, I still got that drive. So the Matters Like a Dance Company will start their new company 
in Minnesota. So down the line, once this pandemic is over, I'm going to start auditioning for dancers. I will train them in the process, and I want to start go ahead and hit these theaters and start performing again. My style is contemporary modern, but I love my African dance. So I study all styles of dance, but I will consider myself more contemporary. So one former choreographer that inspires me the most is the late Alvin Allen, because first African-American dance company in the United States that went blown up. They're still in existence right now. And also, I was a principal dancer for my professor's dance company, Dr. Charles Carter. And Lord, let me tell you something a little bit about Dr. Carter here. He, he was the one that accepted me into Northern when I was an undergrad. But Lord behold, he's a Baltimore native. And guess where, his, where he teaches his dance classes at? Where yeah. my fraternity founded at Hearst Gymnasium and Morgan oh, wow. State. I stepped on those steps where my founder found the fraternity. And in front of Hearst Gymnasium is our shrine. They have our shrine where our shield is up in Morgan and stuff like that. So it was, it was too surreal for me. And I was in that dance studio in the building where my fraternity was founded at. Even though they found it, Iota Phi Theta outside on those steps. Wow. Just that building. So it was, this was meant for me. This was just too surreal for me in my life. I want to go ahead and do an outreach program for the community due to the fact of the pandemic. The, what, I, what I'm envisioning is a pandemic project surviving the pandemic so that probably be the next name of my concert that I host where I will come up with pieces all styles of dance where we could tell the story of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Trayvon and all of them that basically have passed on because Lord knows right now everybody's watching Minnesota right now with this trial going on right now also as well outside of dancing my husband and I, we are good cooks. I'm inspiring to also get my food truck up and going, which is called M&R Flaming in the Kitchen. Soul food truck. Soul food truck. I know. Did you say Flaming in the Kitchen? I said Flaming. F-L-A-M-I-N in the kitchen. N-D-A kitchen. I love it. <laughs> and last thing that I want to basically do, this book. I also want to give homage to a Soror Semigamma Row, um, college professor of mine, Dr. Laverne Guyant. And, you know, when I was going through those changes, I told you earlier in our podcast that she helped me. You know what she told me to do? Start writing journals on how you feel. And when I started writing them journals and journals and journals and journals and journals, even though I dealt with life and performing and dancing professionally and choreographing professionally, I turned around and, and it just made sense to me. It came like full circle that this book needs to be written because it's not just to help me go through my therapy or what I went through. It will help that next young man or that young woman that's feeling that differentness. You know, what to prepare for and to mentally be strong for it. You know, we go through struggles no matter what letters you wear, you know, and that's my gift before I leave this earth that I need to put out there. And I want it to be a series and not just going to be one book. It's going to be a series, you know, but it's going to be fiction, but it'll have my experiences in those books. Mm. I love it, man. And promise me one thing. Mm? When you get that first one ready to roll, 
you're gonna come back and talk about it with us, all right? Oh yes, y'all gotta read it first, and we're gonna sit here and we're gonna spill the whole IFT. <laughs> I love it, man. Go ahead, bring the bow and the shield, man. We we can't wait to hear it, man. And and the UPS truck. <laughs> there you go, man, as well. Hey, Matt Lockett, Iota Phi Theta. We appreciate you spending a couple of minutes to talk to us on Greekly Speaking, man. Let us know, like I said, if there's anything we can do to support anything you got going on, man. We'd be more than happy to. Hey, don't be a stranger, okay? No problem. <laughs> I love it. Appreciate it, man. You have a good one. Be safe. Uh, you too. Thank you very much. <laughs>